Hey, you ready for a great story today? Kyle, a listener, used the podcast to buy not just his first home in 2020, but he also closed on his second home on the very last day of the year. And he plans to buy more stuff in 2021. And he's doing it with low down payments. You got to check this out. All right, welcome to the How to Buy a Home podcast. I'm David Sedoni, the How to Buy a Home guy. I'm a realtor with EXP Realty here in Southern California, and loyal listeners know that in early 2019, after 13 years in the real estate business, I had enough with first-timers being treated like garbage, and uh, I ended up changing my entire business, started the podcast. So if you're new to the show, subscribe. You can keep getting more information. It's free, and today, if you want to, Go ahead and feel free to listen up and hear this amazing story. Hopefully that will inspire you and you'll go back and listen to more information on the podcast. You can also go to our trailer episode. That's the top of the bottom of the feed, wherever you you find your podcast. And what that does is that episode gives you a guide. It's a how-to to to listen to this podcast. Tells you the basics on how the podcast and answer the questions about this often confusing, gigantic life step. And if you're one of those people out there, whether you're a freaking flyer, listen all the time, or it's your first time today, and you want inspiration, man, I've got some serious juice for you today. This guy's story is insane. He listened to the podcast, uh, got the facts and the hacks, as we like to call them, and he bought not one, but two homes. So let's get right to his story. Here we go. All right, everybody. Well, welcome to the podcast. These are my favorite type of podcasts, my success stories. Woohoo! Like I had anything to do with it. I just had her in a microphone. Kyle did it all. Kyle, say hi to the world. Hey, everybody. This is really exciting because as we're recording this, it's what, the 2nd of January right now? Yes, and, yep. And you closed on your property on the 30th or 31st? On the 31st, yep. Woo! Snuck it in for tax time, didn't you? Exactly. That's what I was thinking too, actually. (laughs) So Kyle, tell us just a little bit about your story. What led you to wanting to purchase a home? Yeah. So, you know, I've been, I've known for a little bit that I've needed to purchase a home. You know, I had friends who were already homeowners and they told me, Hey man, like you're wasting a lot of money renting. You're throwing it away. It's not going anywhere. It's not landing in a home in equity, or actually it is, but it's someone else's home, not your own. And so that is stuck in my head over the course of time. At the time, this was about a little bit over a year ago now, I, I realized, you know what, I just got to set a deadline for myself. So I re-upped a lease for about four or five months. And then I said, at the end of that time, I need to have purchased a home. So that kind of gave me a time period at which to start the hunt and start the process of learning. And I was starting from you know, ground zero. The whole idea of owning a home seemed mysterious and scary. So that's why I reached out to your podcast first. And, you know, it was called How to Buy a Home. So I was like, well, that's perfect because I don't know how and I want to know how. So I started listening to your podcast and kind of get an idea of of how to go about the process from, you know, from the instruction that you had on there. And I was, you know, doing online research as well. And uh, decided that I should probably reach out to you because I needed to know where to start. I needed a realtor. I needed a lender. or I need, needed a starting spot. 
And so I sent you an email saying, hey, do you know anyone in the Tucson, Arizona area? I'm looking for a realtor and a lender to start building my team like you recommended on your show. So you connected me with a lender in the Phoenix area, actually, real sharp guy. So he was able, his name is Brian Abizu, Next Gen Financial Services. He was able to get me connected with a realtor in Tucson. So you connect me with the lender. He connected me with a realtor after having done a few interviews with different realtors in the Tucson area. And then that got me started there. Ended up getting deployed very soon after. I was deployed when I closed on the house. I'm active duty in the military. And my realtor was so such a great realtor that she was able to help me close on the property despite being deployed at the time. So I'm really thankful to you in uh, connecting me with a rock star lender. And I'm thankful for the, to my lender who got me connected with a rock star realtor. And then that's just, that's been the beginning. I was able to close on that property. And then now I just, you know, a couple of days ago closed on my second property. So first was a duplex and now this is a three unit place. So I'm extremely excited. There was so much awesome information in your little story. That's in little story. My God, you bought two places, dude. Um, that's incredible. You know, I mean, first of all, you're welcome. I'm really, really happy. And I'm glad, like I said, I didn't do a lot. But, you know, once I talk to you and I think everyone out there listening needs to understand this, understanding your own place is really important. And you're a savvy guy. I mean, you set a goal for months and not only are you doing one, but you're closing on two. So different people have different needs and you can't figure that out on the Internet. And that was the great thing. Once I started talking to you, I realized lender is the way you need to talk the numbers you know, mm -hmm. and crunch all that stuff. And so talk to us about this exciting thing that you kind of, that you and, and your lender went through. Now your realtor's obviously going to help you find, and I understand that Victoria was actually really helpful in finding you specific properties because of her insider information. But let's go back to the beginning when you were trying to figure out what type of home, because you've done my favorite house hack. You're buying multiple home properties. Talk about how that process went between you and, and your lender advisor. Yeah. So when you are connected with a solid lender and a solid realtor, they ask you, what do you, you need? What are you looking for? Not, hey, we'll find you your dream home because I wasn't looking for my dream home. I was looking for a home that was going to make sense financially for me. A home that once I moved in there, it would cut my costs rather than, you know, in the Tucson, Arizona, you could market, you could pay in rent anywhere from 800 a month to $1,500 a month, depending on what part of town you live in. So my goal was to get into a property where I was essentially living for free because I was renting out the other units to other people who would then cover the mortgage and therefore help me to live farther below my means. So that was my objective. And so I, I was able to voice that to both Brian and then later to uh, Victoria here in Tucson. And they both said, okay, no problem. And Victoria got on the search and was looking only for multifamily properties. She wasn't sending me single family properties, which I appreciated because multifamily is what I wanted. And I know that, you know, some realtors will kind of send you stuff that they think that you're going to like, but she sent me stuff that I actually did like. So ones that did financially make sense for me. And so what was cool was when I was able to purchase that duplex, I was living for almost free, which wow. is, and because of that, I had a lot of buffer room, you know, between my salary and income. And then obviously my expenses being that I eliminated the biggest expense that most people have, which is their housing. 
Okay, so I'm sure people out there are hearing this thinking if you're new and you're just punching, you know, how to buy a home and you want me to explain what an escrow is or a closing is, this is a little bit further along than that. But if you're further along, you might be thinking that sounds great. But how the heck can you pull this off if you're looking at having to get a down payment for the property as well. So talk to us a little bit about that, about how much you had to put down and and what kind of uh, systems you worked for that. Yeah, that's a great question because that was one of the things that scared me first when thinking about buying a home was, was that I don't know how down payments work. I don't know what programs there are. Am I going to have to put 20% down, et cetera? And I would say that if you're in that same spot, which I was, realize that you're afraid of what you don't know. What is actually out there is there's a lot of options, but not knowing those options is what's scary about it. So when I started doing research, I started asking my lender, I asked my realtor, I you know, looked online at down payments and different government-backed uh, primary residence loans, like the VA loan for military, like applied to me, or the FHA loan, very similar, but for non-military or military, if, if you choose to use that one instead. And so to answer and your to question- clarify, VA is zero down, or you can do 50% down. You can do whatever mm-hmm. you want. And FHA is only three and a half percent down. That's- yeah what those programs are. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, that's that's what's required. So my first one, I bought the duplex using the VA loan. And then the VA loan is the Veterans Administration loan, 0% down required. And basically what you do is you communicate to the lender that you're going to use this as your primary residence. And be, being that it's your primary residence, that gives you skin in the game. You're not going to want to default on your mortgage because you're living there. You'll be homeless at that point. And obviously it'll affect negatively affect your credit score. And then essentially how a way of looking at it is that the VA comes and they almost co-sign with you on that loan. So they have this promise that they will come in to the lender's aid, to the bank's aid in the case of you forfeiting or you not being able to make the payments on the loan itself. And so that's why they only require 0% down or in the case of the FHA loan, it's 3.5% down, but you do have to meet the requirement of living there as your primary residence. Yeah. And that's one of the great hacks about this multifamily stuff, because if you're living in one of the residences and you've got two units or three units or four units, you can utilize these different loan programs, as opposed to if you're buying it as an investor, you're going to be looking at a much larger down payment. Absolutely. And if you do use it as your primary residence, you just have to fulfill the requirement of living there for a specific amount of time. So in theory, you could live there for a certain amount of time and then extenuating circumstances, you have to move or whatever the case is, you can then go rent out that property. It's not like the moment that you move from that property, you have to somehow sell it or give it back to the bank or something like that. So the key is the intent to live there as your primary residence. And it's an amazing opportunity because for me, I was able to buy a duplex and essentially live for free in that duplex, but I use 0% down to do so. And so that's that's the equation that's incredible. You were paying rent already. So without putting anything down, you just continued paying what was essentially a rent payment, except now you own the place and you're gaining equity. Yeah, absolutely. And that is the great thing about the VA program for anyone out there who is military. You know, Kyle is correct in all the things. And I've talked about this in the podcast before. But one of the neat things is that if it is your primary residence, but 
something happens to you, guess who understands more than anything about, you know, if someone gets deployed, that would be your VA loan and your VA lender people. They get it. That's they want to try to help you to keep that property. Yeah, now, absolutely. Yeah. I want to go back to you didn't know anything. You seem like a very put together guy. You know, when you and I have had our communication, it's been very obvious to me that you know what you're you're talking about and you have a clear you're a goal guy. You have a goal and you go get it. But what were some of the fears that you overcame relatively quickly when you started doing your research? I think one of the things that I overcame right away is the the fact that it was okay that I didn't know what I was doing and that I didn't need to. I just needed to know people that did know what they were doing. So I didn't need to know, I didn't need to be able to give you a dictionary definition of escrow or of down payment or, you know, any of these big terms that are in a space that I've never been involved in before. Obviously, I know the military, I know my job with the military, et cetera, but I don't know anything about, you know, at that point, real estate investing or home buying. And how would I, what exposure did I have to that world? I I didn't have any exposure. So it's all right. If I don't know all those things, I just need to be able to leverage the right people. So have the right people in my life who do know the answers to those questions. And then I'll just reach out to them early and often. So, you know, I don't exactly know the first one through three steps of buying a home, but I have a strong realtor who I trust that does know those you know, first, second, and third step. And they're going to instruct me and walk me through the process. So even though, you know, the road might seem long or scary in some ways of looking at it, you don't need to see the whole road. You just need someone there with you who is familiar with that area and can walk you through the process. And so that's what, I mean, it kind of seemed like, you know, I would get an email from my realtor and she would say, hey, you need to fill out this documentation. I get an email from my lender. Hey, I need this specific information back from you. And all I did was just follow the process. So I you know, got to the end of it. And I was like, whoa, did I just buy a house? You know, that's, uh, but really it was just a series of responding to emails, a series of just going through the process because hundreds of thousands of people follow this process all the time. It's not as scary as it looks. And so I think that was one of the biggest things I overcame right away is just that, you know, I can take the pressure off myself. I don't need to have every piece of information. I just need to know where to be able to get the information and, and who to get it from. Oh my gosh. Out there in podcast land, if that's in your headphones right now and you're on the treadmill, rewind, listen to that piece again. I've said it before. I probably should have called this how to plan to buy a home, but then, you know, I think how to buy a home, actually more people end up finding us. And so that's great. Kyle hit the nail on the head. You're not a doctor. You know, if you're one of those people that goes to WebMD and self-diagnoses yourself and goes to the doctor and tells them what's wrong with you and what they should do to you, click off right now and go get another podcast. Not because you're bad and I'm good, but because we don't see eye to eye. The whole point of this is you hire professionals in your life, accountants, doctors, construction people. Trust me, I can already tell with Kyle and his vibe. If you want someone to, you know, help you out of a ditch, call him, not me. That's his thing. All right. This is the guy who can probably tinker around the house and do stuff. I call people to do that. That's okay. But said that so eloquently, unlike me who's stuttering all over the place right now. You hit the nail on the head, man. This podcast can help you get the planning together, can answer some of those initial questions. But the biggest step isn't don't spend all your time on the internet trying to figure out exactly what an appraisal is, exactly what an inspector does, exactly you know how the, the lender looks at your underwriting. Spend your time learning the process and then interview and work with great pros and let them do it. Hire the best surgeon. Don't cut yourself open. 
hire the best lawyer. It's that saying about a, someone who represents himself in court that they have a fool for a client. Yeah. And so that is so incredible. Uh, you know, one of the things that was interesting when I was talking to Victoria and Brian about you is like you got big goals like this is I think people don't understand that you can use your personal residence as the beginning building block to having real estate be a part of your financial future. Is that your plan? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you can do that with, you know, multifamily residents like I'm doing, or if that's not your, your cup of tea, I just helped my sister learn and, and buy her first property. So she just got herself into a single family house and she's renting out one of the rooms. It's a three bedroom, two bath house. She's one, renting out one of the rooms to a long-term tenant and then another one to an Airbnb. So she's setting up an Airbnb wow. with her bedrooms and with the goal to do what I did, which was lower my cost of living so I could live farther below my means. That is so incredible. You do it in you know several different ways as well. And you know, I saw this thing on Shark Tank the other day and I'm going to throw this out there to everybody. There was, I watch them late at night. So it was an old one. I actually don't know what happened to the company, but there was a company that does uh, specifically vacation stuff around football stadiums eight times a year for college games and genius idea, you know? So if you live right next to Penn state, Ohio state or Notre Dame, the eight home games a year, if you're not going, get out of town, rent your house for quadruple what it's worth. And all those graduates and alumni travel. So wherever you are out there, think about what do you have that you might Airbnb in your town? Is it a fishing town? Is it a, you know, is there a festival once a year? You know, is it, is it a hiking town, a motorcycle town? And find out when those times are and see how you can utilize that to supplement your income. We're getting heavy into the investing stuff and that's exciting. Now, I guess there are a lot of people out there that are a lot of this stuff might be like, dude, I just want a house. And, mm -hmm. you know, I just want to I just want to live with me and my family. So the process of buying a home in general, what would you say, you know, are, are there any warnings or anything that, that popped up to you that went, oh, I didn't know about this or, you know, and if there wasn't anything because you had a great team, that's cool, too. But I'll just ask. Sure. I think the first thing that I did wrong that I knew right away was a mistake was that I reached out to a lender online and I put in my, you know, email just requesting information, you know, just one of those like if you'd like to apply for a mortgage, you know, give us your email, we will reach out to you because the day I did that, I received maybe five different phone calls from various mortgage companies and and lenders out there and they all introduced themselves as hi Kyle, I am your new lender, you know, fill in the blank. And I'm like, I don't think so. I, I think on the podcast that I listened to it, it said that I should probably interview multiple lenders to, to find a, a good one that shares my same vision and my same goals. And it's willing to, you know, educate me through the process. I don't think you're my lender. You see what I mean? And so <laughs> I, you know, obviously I was like, man, I really messed up here. I need to reach out to the, the guy whose podcast I've been listening to. Maybe he can connect me with someone he can vouch for. And that was when I reached out to you. So I had already tried to make some steps on my own by, you know, putting my name out there. But the moment it was out there online, I mean, I just got bombarded, you know. So that was the, probably the first mistake. And then I don't think I made any other like crazy mistakes. I guess I walking into the duplex, you know, I probably could have looked at more homes. But I, I saw that when I said the numbers work. It's in the part of town I'm looking for. I'm just going to make an offer on it. And I made a full price offer right then and there because the numbers seemed to work and I didn't have a reason to try to negotiate lower. I didn't have a reason to go try to find a cheaper property because if the numbers worked, then, then what's the issue? So I could have maybe gotten into a even sweeter deal, but 
I actually don't have any regrets about that because the important thing for me on my first property was to do it, to pull the trigger, to get my first property and to learn as much as I could from it. Now, whether that's going to be the best screaming deal I'll ever get in my life, probably not. But at the same time, like it opens up the doors for me to buy more properties at better rates now that I have more information. It doesn't have to be the best deal out there. It just needs to be your first deal. So, you know, our first closing was someone who was buying. It was definitely their house. They were doing like your sister and they were house hacking and they were getting Mm -hmm. roommates, but it was still their house. And his takeaway, your takeaway is that investor takeaway. And, you know, I know because you had a good team behind you, you didn't overpay incredibly. You said, yeah. And you didn't get maybe a screaming deal. So guess what happened? You got a fair deal. Yeah. Win win. And for what you were trying to do, you set the foundation and build the blocks. And what Jacqueline and Christopher, our very, very, very first sale from back in 2019, they said, yeah, the house wasn't turnkey, but we got a better deal and that's what we needed to do. So it's figuring that out that, you know, what is this? If this is your forever home and you're moving into the school district and you're pregnant, and you're going to be there for 18 years. All right. Different story, you know, right. but you also can't change the location, but you can always change the house. You can't change the size of the lot, but you can always change your landscaping. So there's lots of different ways to look at it. Now, I want to jump back to the first thing that you said, because I'm going to I'm going to pull that out and make 50,000 commercials out of it about going to the online lender. Mm-hmm. There's so many reasons why it can suck. One, it's paying the butt. They contact you a million times. And like you said, no, I don't think you're my lender. This is the biggest thing that is helpful for me. In your story, I just want to make sure everyone out there understands when you go online and you contact one of the national lending people or somebody online to try to get some information, which good for you, you should, you know, but when you do that, you're a number to them. Mm -hmm. When you found someone in Arizona, not even specifically in the city where you are, but someone there, you become a relationship. You know, Brian's your lender, his business doesn't grow unless he takes care of you in a great way. His business doesn't grow unless he's savvy enough to understand your full and complete goals. And there's a long-term game there. When you go on the internet and you are trying to find information, great, find information. When you go on the internet and you're trying to find, and someone wants to immediately grab you in, understand this is the way that they get clients. They get clients by coming, going to the top of Google. And that just doesn't work. And because that's why I started this little grassroots podcast. So we could kind of find people all over the place. And I get to have these incredible conversations with someone like Kyle, who is not just talking to us about how to buy a home, but talking to us about, you know, how to build a financial life. And that's so exciting. So what's next? What's the next big step for you? You bought two houses in 2020. Top that, bro. <laughs> Don't laugh at me, but I'm, I'm working with a friend of mine named Bobby, a fellow investor who's a few years farther down the road than I am. And he and I are going to enter into a partnership together. And we're looking at purchasing a 20 to 25 door apartment complex here in Tucson within the year. So Fantastic. Been doing our research on that. And I'm extremely excited. You know, 
buying these two homes within the year has given me the confidence to say, hey, the answers are out there. Hey, I can do whatever I set my mind to in this space. I just need to have the people and the information available to myself. And so I'm going to take that same mindset that your podcast and then since your podcast, I've you know been able to learn and develop. And I'm going to take that into a hopefully a 25 unit apartment complex here in Tucson. Or another city if after we've, you know, thoroughly searched Tucson and might want to adjust from there. But that's the game plan right now. So he and I are excited about it. And we're doing our research and we're reaching out to other sharp individuals who are farther down the road from us, you know, that we've been able to find through different avenues, networking and through different forms, such as Bigger Pockets Forum, which is a great real estate investing forum and, and other avenues like that. And we're finding people who are able to kind of tutor us and bring us up to their speed. So we're excited about that. And I'm excited to jump into it because that's, I mean, I'll tell you, it scares me that the idea of owning something that expensive with that many people, that's scary. But so was the three unit. So was the two unit. And honestly, at the end of the day, if that's the goal, then the fear doesn't matter. It's just pushing through that fear and and finding the solutions that you need to be able to get yourself to that place. So that's what's next for me. Hopefully within the year, I'll I'll be there and uh, I'm excited to see how it turns out. And then I'll know from there. Well, get yourself a good management company. You'll be able to handle it, you know, and you know what? Here, I just thought of a great business plan for you. So when you do own a building and you have multiple people in the building, when people leave, yeah, you have a turnover and that becomes a bit of a cost problem. But when they leave is when you can raise the rent. So what you do is you get 25 people in the place and their first month in, you go and you introduce them to my podcast. And then in 11 months, they'll figure out to go buy a house. Then you get 25 more people in for 200 more dollars a unit. See? Oh. Yeah, true. <laughs> There's a thousand ways we could cut it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been really inspirational. We get people, you know, at so many different levels that come to find us on the podcast. I think what is a huge takeaway here is even if you are someone who has big dreams and big goals in mind and is obviously doing like Kyle is and is really pushing themselves ahead, you still need to go back and start at the beginning, listen a little bit have an open mind. I mean, like you're the kind of guy that I could easily see saying, I got this. I understand it. Boom. But by building the team around you, you use the number one word that, you know, all successful people use, which is leverage. It's using other people and that's incredible. So I'm so excited. Thanks for taking the time to to chat with everybody today. That's super awesome. And we look forward to uh, hearing about your successes next year. Thanks again, Kyle. Thanks so much, David. All right, gang. How about them apples? Man, that story is redonkulous. Kyle is savage. The dude is on his game. And I hope that you, you know, weren't just so overwhelmed that you actually listened to his words. He's a smart guy. We all know that. But one of the things that's really cool is he's smart enough to know how to lean into his pro team. Do not try to do this all on your own. I know that you got everything at your fingertips and think that you can, but don't. And as a matter of fact, that the reason, you know, I started the podcast and the mission here is I don't even think that it's a good idea for first-time home buyers to plan to do this on your own. I don't think you should plan one year, two year, or three years out by yourself. You don't have to. You are not a realtor. You are not a lender. So the tips that you get here can help you hire the best and then they can help you from the beginning planning stages all the way into writing offers into getting the keys 
and they'll make this process easy. Did you hear him? Kyle said that once his team was in place, he was signing documents and figuring things out, and then suddenly it was, okay, bro, you own a home. That's amazing. And if you are in a position right now, let's say you're getting close to buying a house right now and you're listening to Kyle's story going, well, it's not, that doesn't feel that easy for me. Well, if you know more than your team, because there are a lot of really lame lenders and realtors out there, then fire them and start over. This could cost you thousands. And if you have no clue and you're just starting and you're wondering, how do I start? Well, let the story inspire you. First, there's a vision, then a team, then a plan. He had a clear vision. He researched it, found the podcast, and then we helped him find his trusted team. And then he used the facts and the hacks and bought his first home. Great home hack, a multifamily home where he was paying almost nothing for it because he was getting the rent from the other people. And then when that worked out, he bought another. And please, please, one of the biggest takeaways of this whole thing is remember what he said. Friends don't let friends start online and fill out a form with an online lender. Please don't do that. Start with a unicorn realtor and then get a lender and then you have your team. You avoid these mistakes and you're going to be a success story too. So if you need a unicorn agent in your area and you want to start your plan, just like Kyle, and actually it's been crazy. Y'all been hitting me up during Thanksgiving and Christmas break. It's had like 62 people just in the last few weeks here that we've hooked up with unicorns all across the country and they're all starting their plan. And if you are one of those people who hasn't reached out yet and you have questions, go ahead. We'll hook you up. Or if you have any kind of specific question, this is confusing. And this podcast is out there to take the confusion away. And if you have specific stuff, ask me those too. Hit me up on Instagram at David Sedoni. Or you can join the How to Buy a Home Facebook group. Check out David Sedoni on YouTube. Or a really simple way is to contact me directly through my website. I made it easy. All the same place, davidsedoni.com. You can explore the website, and for your readers out there, the podcasts are all transcribed, and you can read right through them and use it as someplace to take notes, bookmark that, and there's even a blog there. And Kyle wanted me to tell you guys, like, he's serious about this. If, you know, you guys have questions or you just want to reach out and go, dude, I heard your story, that's awesome. He's on Instagram too. It's High Altitude REI. High Altitude REI. So thanks so much, guys. Feel free, subscribe to this podcast, share with your friends, and maybe with a few tips, hacks, and listener stories, you'll find out what you need to know so you can become a success story like Kyle. Or don't, and you know maybe then you can just be a renter in one of his apartments that he owns. Your call. <laughs> nah, you're here. You got this. You can do this.